Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. 11.02 here on WGR Sports Radio 550, and welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening, as always, and another fantastic show lineup for you here on this Sunday morning as we uh, lead you into day-long college hoops coverage here on the station. As soon as we're off the air at 12 noon, we'll uh, turn things over to coverage of the NCAA tournament. It's been a Great tournament uh, tournament games in Buffalo already this week, including that big upset yesterday between Wisconsin and and uh, Villanova. But we're talking racing here on Fast Track here this morning for you on WGR Sports Radio 550. Phone lines are open for you at 803-0551-888-550-2550. Anything going on in the world of motorsports that interests you, you want to talk about it, please feel, please feel free to bring it here on the program. Also, we're on Twitter at Fast Track 550. You can send us your tweets. And we're on Facebook too, facebook.com slash WGR Fast Track. Coming up on today's program in about 12 minutes or so, we'll bring in one of our favorites here on the program, Jordan Bianchi from SBNation.com. Jordan covers NASCAR for the site, and we'll talk to Jordan, get his thoughts on the uh, West Coast road trip for NASCAR, just as the Sabres wrapped up their West Coast road trip this week. Uh, NASCAR doing that as well today, too, in Phoenix for today's um Camper World 500 from the Phoenix International Raceway. So we'll talk to Jordan about that. Lots of news, of course, this week. Also coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll go straight line racing with the folks from the NHRA Meliel Drag Racing Series and Brandon Mudd, who hosts a uh, podcast for uh, PRN called Nitro Notes. He also uh, does some work for Drag Illustrated. We'll talk to Brandon about the NHRA as they are in Gainesville, Florida this weekend for uh, one of their classic uh, meets, the Gator Nationals, a, a longtime uh, staple of the NHRA schedule. That is going on this weekend, so we'll talk to Brandon about that at the bottom of the hour. Love to talk some drag racing whenever we can here on the program. But we start, as always, with NASCAR. And as I said, the series in Phoenix wrapping up the West Coast road trip a.k.a. NASCAR Goes West, which always makes me think about Fievel Goes West. If you were of a certain age, you probably grew up like me, grew up when those American Tail movies came out. So whenever I see the hashtag NASCAR Goes West, I get the picture of Fievel with the little pop guns and everything. And Anyway, that's just my childhood. But, of course, the big story coming out of Las Vegas last week, Martin Truex getting the win, but the big story was, of course, the post-race punch-up, or lack there, a one punch, and then... Kyle getting dropped to the ground, but the tussle between Kyle Bush and Joey Logano on pit road, I don't want to talk too much about it. It's The topic's been talked about to death all week long, and really, uh, I don't have too much to say, but if, if you'd like, if you have a thought, if you're Team Joey or Team Kyle on this, feel free um, to share your thoughts at 803 um, 
basically my thoughts on this. I understand why Kyle was, you know, ticked off. You know, he was trying to get a top five finish in the final lap, winds up spinning out. You know, you know, drops him back in the final standings, but. He had no reason to be mad at Joey, and of course, you know, getting out of the car, they're full of they're full of emotion and energy, and he had, hadn't even looked at the replay yet. But Joey basically got loose underneath him, and uh, you know that's where the contact came from. It wasn't Joey trying to take him out, and so I I get it why Kyle was upset, but to just walk down there and take a swing was pretty dumb on his part, and uh, but that that's that's racing, I guess, is the old the old phrase phrase I want to use with that. Um, Obviously, NASCAR not penalizing Kyle or Joey for the incident. You know, secretly, I'm sure NASCAR loves the coverage. Although, all of the talk about that on Sunday night, Monday, and Tuesday, how much of that coverage will get people to turn in today, tune in today to watch the race from Phoenix, who knows? But uh, it is what it is. I'm glad NASCAR didn't penalize them. You know, it's good to see the drivers show emotion. Do we need punch outs on pit road every week? No, obviously, we don't need that. Um, you know, it's not something you, you, you want to see all the time in the sport, I don't think, but every once in a while it's good to see that, that some, some little drama like that after the race. It's it's always fun to have that and just, just don't make a habit out of it. And as I always, you know, as a lot of people say too, is this, this sport could use a few good rivalries. And, uh, you know, it seems like right now one of the biggest rivalries is everybody versus Joey Logano because it seems like Joey always seems to get into trouble. Sometimes it's not his own doing, but, I mean, you go back to him and Kenseth, a couple of years ago, um, you know, the running he had with Carl Edwards at Homestead last year, although, you know, Carl went down to Joey's pit box and, and shook uh, Todd Gordon's hand after that instance. So that not much of a rivalry there, but, you know, it seems like Joey's always in the middle of some drama when it when it comes to things lately in, in the Cup Series. But uh, rivalries are good for the sport, so if it's Kyle versus Joey or Kenseth versus Joey or whatever, you know, it's, it's great to see. Great, I think it's great to have that in our sport, and we need more of that. And uh, you know who two two who who better than two of the biggest pol- polarizing figures in the sport in Kyle Busch and Joey Logano? If there are two drivers outside of maybe Brad Keselowski, are there there t- two drivers that don't have more of a love hate relationship with different fans? You know, it, it, there when it comes to those two guys, there's not much middle of the road when you bring up the names Kyle Busch or Joey Logano. It seems like you either love them or hate them, um, based on their talent, what they've accomplished. And uh, you know, and and some and their on track tactics at, at sometimes, especially Kyle. So uh, who better than to to drive a little controversy in the sport than than Bush and Logano? Uh, I'm all for it again, um, but I'm not gonna. You know, basically, I don't think Kyle should have been as upset. But I understand why he was, and uh, I'm glad that nobody's getting suspended or anything. And you know, let him continue it out on the racetrack today at Phoenix. Um, race race each other hard, and hopefully. You know, it helps to make for a good, exciting race today at Phoenix uh, for the uh, fourth race of the season here for the uh, Monster Energy uh, Cup Series. Um, again, 803-0551-888-552-550. Your thoughts on the uh, Bush Logano ruckus on pit road. Of course, you know, Kyle got left bloodied. Uh, I think that, that made it even better or more intriguing was the fact that Kyle had that little cut on his forehead and the blood dripping down and, you know, even more thoughts of, of wrestling come to mind when you see the, the cut on the forehead like that. Um, as uh, he got, you know, after he 
took the the took a swing at Joey. We're never. Uh, we, I don't know if we ever got full confirmation if we connected with Joey or not. And Fox didn't get it on TV, but Jeff Gluck, who's a reporter, uh, happened to be recording the whole th- thing, and he posted on YouTube, and he clearly shows Kyle take the swing at Joey. It's not clear, at least I haven't watched in a couple days, that if he connected with Joey. Um, we're hoping maybe to have Jeff on the show next week, so maybe we'll, we'll talk to Jeff about that. I'm sure we'll, we'll obviously talk to Jeff about that next week, but if he knows for sure if there was a connection there between Joey, uh, Kyle and Joey when he took that swing, but then uh, uh, Joey's crew came in and kind of just tackled Kyle to the ground, and that was pretty much the end of it, and then that big NASCAR official stepped in too and it helped to, to break things up. Um, but, uh, you know, it was... Uh, Pretty pretty intriguing events after the race last weekend at Phoenix. And, of course, uh, this week, or last weekend at Las Vegas, I should say, this weekend, Kyle and Joey both had a meeting in the NASCAR hauler. Uh, afterwards, both drivers spoke to the media. Joey had some interesting quotes to say, while uh, Kyle kind of took the Marshawn Lynch uh, route and pretty much just repeated the same thing over and over again, that everything's great and he's just excited to get back behind the wheel of his race car. And uh, that's all he would say to every question he was asked following his meeting with Joey and the folks from NASCAR this weekend. So uh, we'll we'll see how it goes, see if that feud continues and spills out onto the track today at Phoenix. Speaking of Joey Logano, he is on the pole for today's race at Phoenix. Joey, the most recent winner at Phoenix, breaking up Kevin Harvick's uh, streak of domination there at PIR. So Logano on the pole. Ryan Blaney uh, starts second for the Wood Brothers in Penske Racing. And how about the start to Ryan Blaney season? This young man is doing a, a phenomenal job for the Wood Brothers. Sixth in points. I know it's only three races in, but that is still he's having he's having an incredible start. And I saw the stat this week that um, the the last time the Wood Brothers had a driver this high in the points after three races, you got to go all the way back to 1992. And Morgan Shepard was uh, I think it was fourth after three races in the points for them when he drove the 21 car. Flash forward some twenty. Yeah, 25 years later, and, and now you've got you know Ryan Blaney sixth in points, and uh, he has been uh, he's been in the mix you know all three races this year. He's been towards the front of the field with uh, including a Daytona, of course, had that shot to win. So he's off to a great start. And uh, again, we talked about that last week too a little bit, but just great to see him and the young guys you know that are uh, off to such great starts here in 2017. Uh, Dale Jr. looking for he's looking for a good run. He struggled so far this year. Uh, he will start third today. Kyle Larson, again, he has been the hunt each and every week. He starts fourth. Jamie McMurray, Brad Keselowski starts sixth today. Of course, Brad was leading at Las Vegas late last week, and it was actually his mechanical issue is what kind of set off the chain of events that led to the Kyle-Joey skirmish. You know, Brad was leading, and then something, and I never even found out exactly what went wrong with the two-car at the end of the race, but something went in the motor, he cut a tire or whatever, started going backwards. That allowed Truex to get back by him to win the race, and it was his car slowing down that got into the way of Kyle and Joey racing for fourth. That's what caused their initial contact, and then when, when you know, Kyle did dart around um, the two-car, uh, that's that's kind of what started their run in, so that, that coincidence there. But Brad starts six today after nearly winning his second in a row last weekend. Chase Elliott, Eric Jones, they'll make up row four today. Kyle starts ninth. Casey Kane starts tenth. Uh, then you got Kurt Busch, 11th. Matt Kenseth, 12th. Uh, Clint Boyer starts 13th. Jimmy Johnson starts 14th today. Uh, Truex rolls off 16th this afternoon. Kevin Harvick is way back in 23rd. Harvick, uh, you know, is. It just tears it up at Phoenix. I I don't have the number in front of you how many times he's won there, but you know if you're looking for a favorite today, despite him starting all the way back in 23rd, you know Harvick is still a guy to watch um, as he rolls off today 
uh, as a chance to to win at Phoenix because he has just won there so many times in, in, in recent years. He's been the main guy, you know, outside of Joey last year. And then I think Dale Jr. won that rain short and race a couple years ago. It has been all Harvick uh, in the desert at Phoenix with the four car. So he starts 23rd. Uh, Daniel Suarez rolls off 27th. That's you know pretty much it for uh, notable names in the field this afternoon. Um, but you look at the points through three races, and it is, it is only three races, but still interesting to see some of the names Near the top of the standings, you've got Brad leading after after three races. Of course, has one win under his belt. Kyle Larson, who's been in contention all three weeks so far this year, and then Chase Elliott. And again, we we talked about it last week, just how great to see these young guys um, are off to hot starts. And, and like I said last week, not only do I want to see them be good consistently, I want to see them win races and be in the hunt for the championship come later in the year. So I hope this uh, isn't just a, a flash start for these guys and they tail off later in the year heading towards the playoffs. I hope they they, re, they remain in the hunt in contention like this throughout the season. Uh, Truex is fourth in points after his win last week. He actually leads all drivers in playoff points with seven. And then Logano, uh, the aforementioned Ryan Blaney, Kurt Busch, Harvick, Kane, and McMurray are your top ten in the standings so far after three races. And Trevor Bain's 11th, um, quietly off to a, a decent start considering how Bad things have been for Roush Fenway over the last few years. It's uh, great to see uh, Baines got the six-car 11th in the points uh, this early in the season. Again, again, we'll have to wait and see uh, you know, how that goes throughout the season. But you look deeper in the standings. you got Jimmy Johnson in 18th, Kyle Busch in 19th, Dale Jr. in 27th. And again, it is only three races. It's still a long season to go, and I'm sure you'll see those guys get to victory lane. But all three of those drivers have kind of stumbled out of the blocks here. Although you could kind of write off Daytona for all three drivers as they were all involved in accidents in the Daytona 500. Um, in the case of uh, Johnson and Jr., not of their own doing, Kyle had his problems with the, the flat tire, which took Jr. out, of course. And then Jimmy, was uh, he got run into by McMurray at Daytona. So that's part of their, their slow starts this year, but uh, still... Uh, Obviously, it's it gets them slightly behind the eight ball to start the season, but you know those guys are going to win at some point, especially Kyle and Jimmy. And uh, Junior, I think, is still uh, kind of just getting back in the swing of things. And actually, I was listening to his podcast, part of his podcast this week, and it's it's more about just him and the team just getting up to a hundred percent. You know, get him getting ramp up, ramp back up after missing the second half of last year with uh, that concussion issue. Right now, let's go to the AT&T hotline and bring in one of our favorites here on the program, regular guest from SB Nation, Jordan Bianchi, joins us. Jordan, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. Yeah, it's great to talk to you again, Jordan. We've uh, had you on a lot here over the last couple of years, and you always bring a great perspective. And uh, you've had some plenty of time to create some perspectives about that fight on pit road last week between Joey Logano and Kyle Busch, and of course they had their big powwow with NASCAR this weekend in Phoenix. Uh, just give us your take on the, on the whole scene between those two. I think it's quintessential NASCAR in the fact that it was hard racing. I don't think it was uh, intentional on Joey Logano's part. He, he obviously overdrove the corner and got loose and slid up into Kyle. Unfortunately, Kyle doesn't see it that way, and it would have been interesting to see Kyle's perspective, if he was able to look at the tape immediately afterwards and see what would have happened, if he would have handled things differently, unfortunately, emotion got the better of him, and we ended up seeing what we saw on pit road last week. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing in NASCAR. I think you know a lot of times you know we hear drivers are too controlled, and we don't have this kind of unbridled passion. And we saw from Kyle Busch last week that you know what he's willing to settle matters how he sees fit. 
And as we've seen throughout the week, this has certainly generated a lot of attention and everything, which is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, going forward, it's going to be interesting to see how these two race each other. And obviously NASCAR's concerned because they're worried about any further retaliation and basically a replay of what we saw a few years ago with Matt Kenseth, but they've done their part to kind of squelch that. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out going forward, but I really don't think anything is going to change in the long term. I think Joey is a, a very aggressive driver who is really unapologetic in a lot of ways, and that is his style, and it's been very, very successful for him. He's emerged as one of the best drivers in the sport and a guy who's nearly won the championship twice. So it, it just it's two drivers who, frankly, just are very aggressive, and in a human moment, these things are going to happen. It seems like... The fact that it was Joey, it seems like that's part of the reason why Kyle reacted the way he did, Jordan. I, I mean, had it been another driver, maybe he'd just gone for a shove or a shouting match. But since it was Joey, since he's got a history with other Gibbs drivers like Kenseth and Denny Hamlin, he's also him and Tony Stewart, you know, over the last couple of years, it seems yeah. like Kyle just kind of realized who it was and, and just... That, that's kind of what set him off, that it was Joey, and had it been someone else, it might not have resulted in a swing like Kyle did. Absolutely. Let's take into account, too, Kyle has a very long history with Joey's teammate, Brad Keselowski. The Gibbs-Penske mm-hmm. rivalry goes back quite a while now if you start looking at everything. So there is definitely a history there, and that played a part of it. And I know Joey and Kyle are friends. They're very friendly off the track, and there's actually footage last week of them speaking to, speaking to each other before the race started, and they're buddies. But this this happens. And when you, like you said, when you factor in that Joey's a history with Matt and Danny and Tony and all these other guys that have Gibbs ties, um, it starts to factor into it a little bit. It's going to be interesting to see if Kyle is as forgiving um, with Joey as he's been with some other drivers in the past. But if I'm judging off of Kyle's comments this weekend, it doesn't sound like it. Jordan, uh, we're three races in, of course, uh, Daytona, and then two mile-and-a-half tracks in Atlanta and, and Las Vegas. Uh, and again, three races does not a season make. I've already said that a couple times here this morning just talking about the points. But just what is your opinion on how the product looks so far between the stages, the lower downforce and everything? Uh, how do you think things are going three races in? Um, undecided. It's hard. Obviously, Daytona is kind of its unique animal, so it's yep. hard to base any decisions off what you see there. So we really have had two races. And I think the stages are okay. It, it really hasn't changed, from my estimation, or from the people I've talked to, it hasn't changed the sport and the racing that much. There's, there's a little bit of moments here and there where guys are kind of jockeying to get into the top ten at the end of the stage. But I think for the most part, it's been pretty typical of what we've seen in the past. There's obviously some different strategy elements and everything. In terms of the low downforce package, I don't know. I'm, I'm undecided. I think it's got its moments. I mean, you look at Atlanta and how loose the cars were and how hard and the, the drivers had to fight to regain control, and that's good to see, but that didn't translate into great racing. There was a lot of single-file racing where, frankly, there wasn't that exciting of a product on the track, but it does show that there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. NASCAR's made some great steps. They've listened to a lot of people in taking these initiatives and basically cutting down the rear spoiler to minimum, you know, minimizing it to nothing, but they need more work needs to be done, especially on the front end of the cars to make them less aero-dependent so drivers can race side-by-side side and make passes. And It also doesn't help the fact that this is the most competitive era in the sport where you have so many, dominant, so many very good teams that can be dominant, and everybody basically has equal equipment. It makes it very hard to have an entertaining race on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, and and there might be more passing, you know, for fourth or tenth or something, but it just seems like that leader in clean air, you know, that advantage doesn't seem to to be 
going away at all. And and, and it's you know it's it's hard with these cars. I'm sure it's not easy for NASCAR to engineer something like that. But that always seems to be the biggest problem. The mile and a half tracks is once a leader gets out in front, it's hard to chase him down. And thank goodness Brad Keselowski had that mechanical issue last week to to spice up the end of last week's race. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely hard for that that lead car. Uh, Jordan Bianchi joining us here from SBNation.com. Uh, let's turn to today's race at Phoenix. Um, Joey Logano on the pull, the most recent winner, but kind of a surprise in qualifying with Kevin Harvick starting 23rd, but I don't think that's going to slow the four card down today at all. What do you think, Jordan? No, I think what we've seen out of Kevin Harvick this year is really saw Kevin Harvick the last few years, and that is dominance. He's been very fast, and, and like we've seen the last few years, he hasn't always been able to close out, but the offseason switch from Chevrolet to Ford has not affected this team at all. Conventional was one that was going to take them some time, a few months, to kind of get up to speed and get the same performance level as they've been at the last few years. That has not been the case. He was very fast at Daytona dominated at Atlanta and frankly should have won that race before the pit road penalty and had a very good car last week before the tire failure. So now we head to a track where he's got eight career wins, which is his best track statistically. Um, Kevin Harvick's going to be in victory lane here sooner rather than later, and it could very well happen today. And that's just it, it's surprising to see this performance on one level because of the offseason switch in manufacturers. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, it's not surprising just considering how good this team has been for the last few years. Uh, you wrote about this week in your race preview, talked about Jimmy Johnson and Hendrick Motorsports. Of course, last year they had that slow start, but it seemed like they got to their act together in the chase and, of course, got Jimmy that seventh championship. But again, you know, outside of Chase Elliott, again, the, the Hendrick cars are a little slow out of the box. Jimmy Johnson, his Daytona effort, really not his own fault getting taken out. But uh, what do you th- what do you think? It, it seems like Chase is Chase is off to a phenomenal start. I mean, he's been in the hunt all three weeks, just like Kyle Larson has. But again, the the five and the eighty eight, and even to an extent, the forty eight are, are a little bit slower so far these first three races. Yeah, the big thing with Dale and Jimmy is the fact that they're not able to to, to finish races well. Is they have had speed, they've had good cars, but they've had mistakes. Earnhardt had road penalties at Atlanta. So did Jimmy Johnson. Um, last week at Vegas, they both had issues. So it just. You compare their performance to Chase Elliott, and Chase Elliott has been flawless. That team has really executed at a high level. They haven't made mistakes, and they've been able to capitalize on their good equipment they've had. You can't say that for Jimmy and Dale. And you mentioned at the top when, we joined, when I joined the show that Dale's kind of still working out the kinks a little bit from being out of the race car, and I think that's a very fair point, and that this is a driver who didn't race competitively for eight months. And it's going to take some time to kind of ramp back up a little bit. And with Jimmy Johnson, you know, this isn't this is this is kind of what we've seen out of this team in the past. But they're kind of up and down a little bit in the early part of the season. They look really good sometimes. They look okay other times. But really, what matters is the last ten races of the year, and that's when the team usually brings it. Uh, again, we're talking a lot about the fact that some of these young guns, like Chase, Kyle Larson, Ryan Blaney, they have been factors all three races in this year. Is this the year of the young guns, Jordan? Do you th- I know it's a long season, but do you think that these three guys, or maybe one or two of them, they're going to be uh, in contention for a championship this season? Absolutely. I mean, I look at the sport. I'm really excited about what's happening going forward. We have a lot of drivers in the sport. Kenseth, Earnhardt, Jimmy Johnson, Harvick on the other side of 40, who aren't going to be racing for that much longer. But then you look at what's coming up. Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, Eric Jones, all these young drivers who are very talented and are going to start winning races on a regular basis. And we're seeing that now this year. Ryan has been really consistent. Kyle has been incredibly consistent. But back-to-back second-place finishes, Chase Elliott, of course, we talked about him. So these guys are going to really start to assert themselves a little bit now. With more experience than we've seen with Chase Elliott and Ryan this year in their second year, 
they're only going to get better and they're going to start being consistently finishers up in you know top five every week and start winning races and before long they're going to start winning championships it's really encouraging to see where this sport is headed i know we, we've talked before about the issues within the sport but when you look at the talent pool uh, that's coming up um, it's really encouraging jordan what can we look forward from you uh, on sb nation this week well, that's a good question. I got an interview with Daniel Suarez. Uh, that'll be Thursday, talking about his transition to from the Xfinity program to the Cup side of things, and really the impact that Carl Edwards has had on him and everything that Carl has done behind the scenes um, in helping that transition. That'll be on Thursday, so I'm looking forward to that. Dan, he has not had a good start to this. You had the crash yesterday, the Xfinity race. He has he's had some bad luck, some pit road miscues in Daytona. He's had a rough start of it this year. It is, and it's going to be it's a tough situation for him, too, because he jumped into a team that really the expectations were going to be high because yeah. he almost won the championship last year. Mm-hmm. And the thing with Suarez is we always overlook a bit. He doesn't have a ton of experience in these cars. I mean, he, he only had two years in the Xfinity Series, and that's not a lot. And he got a lot better in the Xfinity program as the year went along, and I think that's what you're going to see this year with him. It's going to be a struggle early, but I think by the end of the year he's going to be consistent and much better, much more improved and better than what he is now. You can follow him on Twitter, Jordan underscore Bianchi. You can see him styling and profiling inside media centers around the NASCAR circuit. Jordan, thanks for the time. As always, good to talk to you, and uh, hopefully we can do it again soon. Look forward to it. Thanks, Dave. All right, Jordan Bianchi from SBNation.com. Again, uh, Jordan underscore Bianchi on Twitter. Always good stuff, uh, and appreciate his time here this morning. When we get back, we'll uh, go from left-hand turns to just straight line racing. We'll talk some NHRA with Brandon Mudd from uh, PRN's Nitro Notes podcast as the NHRA Melville Drag Racing Series in Gainesville this weekend for the Gator Nationals. That's coming up next here on Fast Track on WGR. Hey, this is Brennan Poole, driver of the number 48 DC Solar Camaro. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. Brennan in action yesterday with the rest of the uh, Xfinity Series at there at Phoenix. Uh, a couple of big wrecks in that race that eventually saw uh, Justin Allgaier get the win yesterday. Uh, that was uh, the uh, Dash for Cash race, too, the first one of the year for the Xfinity Series where they give a big cash prize to the uh, Best finishing uh, Xfinity Series regular, and Elgar won the race and took the bonus. And now, if he can sweep all, f- I think it's four Dash for Cash races, he gets like a million dollar bonus. We'll see if that happens. But Elgar uh, got the win. Ryan Blaney was second. Eric Jones third. William Byron fourth. And uh, Elliot Sadler round out the top five yesterday. Daryl Wallace had a good run of six. Daniel Hamrick. And the aforementioned Brendan Poole, we just heard from, finished eighth. Mike Lynette, Ty Dillon rounded out the top 10 in yesterday's Xfinity Series race. One of the, the, cool things uh of course nascar are trying to restrict the amount that the uh, veteran cup drivers uh their participation this year in the xfinity truck series those dash for cash races uh any cup driver with more than five years experience is uh, not allowed to compete in those events so that's why you had no kyle bush yesterday or brad keselowski or joey logano but it still allowed uh guys like blaney and um the Dillon brothers, who all run in the Cup Series, that allowed them, uh, Eric Jones as well, uh, allowed them to run in that race because they have under five years' experience. Speaking of the Dillon brothers, Austin Dillon had a little run-in with Cole Custer. Uh, they had some contact that took uh, Austin Dillon out, and Dillon came back and ran into Cole Custer under caution, which is a big no-no, of course. We'll see if uh, Mr. Dillon will receive any kind of penalty for the, his actions. But uh, I don't know. You, you got two kids that helped. The part of the reason they got their rides is who their dads are. So, because Cole Custer's, yeah, Joe Custer's works for uh, Stuart Haas Racing, and that car is owned by by Haas Racing. And then Austin Dillon, of course, his grandfather Richard Childress, and it just kind of makes me laugh when you got two kids like that who 
uh, I like to call them silver spoon racers, <laughs> get into an on-track incident like that. But uh, well, uh, obviously, while NASCAR doesn't hand out penalties for punches on pit road, they might hand out penalties for using your race car as a weapon on the track for good reason, of course. And actually, Dale Jr. had and some of the other and Jeff Gluck and a couple other people on Twitter said that he should have just punched uh, Cole on pit road and he probably would have got away with it instead of what he did by running into him under caution. But we'll see uh, if NASCAR does anything. Trying to get in touch with Brandon Mudd here from Nitro Notes uh, podcast and uh, Drag Illustrated. Talk some drag racing. Unfortunately, they are in the middle of eliminations. So, Mike, give them a couple more chances. It's kind of loud there because the top few uh, funny cars are actually racing right now. And uh, I believe coverage will be later today on uh, Fox Sports 1. Um, but they are in the middle of round one of eliminations right now, actually there uh, at uh, Gainesville, Florida. Uh, of course, last week we talked about a couple of, of big stories um, with top fuel. Leah Pritchett, she's two for two to start the year, a driver that uh, lost her ride in the middle of last season after her team folded. Uh, she is back this year with Don Schumacher Racing and uh, has a, a funded ride thanks to Papa John's, and she's off to a hot start and actually uh, has won her first-round matchup already today at the Gator Nationals. Also, Larry Dixon returning to the top fuel field uh, today, the 50-year-old uh, Dixon. Uh, he, of course, was in a horrible accident a couple of years ago uh, at this very event where the car uh, flipped up in the air and the, the chassis actually snapped in half, and he suffered a, a couple broken vertebra. He's also dealt with uh, throat cancer, and uh, he returned to action this weekend for the first time in, in, in two seasons since uh, since that season with a, uh, a cell phone organization, uh, a little bit of controversy. One of his sponsors was actually a, another dr drag racing event that's actually sanctioned by the IHRA, the International Hot Rod Association. And NHRA uh, made him duct tape over the logos of that event, even though the event doesn't interfere with NHRA's national event schedule. It's an off weekend for them, this event on Dixon's Top Field Dragster, and HRA still made him tape up the logo on the sides of his uh, Top Field Dragster. And unfortunately for Dixon, it looks like he is uh, out in round one uh, of eliminations, just judging by the uh, the live results on NHRA.com. By the way, NHRA, I think I talked about this last season, but NHRA.com, their website, actually, it's gotten even better since last year. Uh, the NHRA.com website seemed like it was... Uh, two generations ago when it comes to websites up until recently, and they have really worked on it the last few years, and it's a lot better to navigate. Uh, the results section is a heck of a whole lot better this year than it was in the past, um, and you can find stuff a lot easier at NHRA.com. Uh, two other things to, to local ties to the to world of drag racing to keep an eye on this weekend. Uh, first of all, uh, this is the first race of the year for Pro Modified in the on the NHRA national event schedule, and Lancaster's Mike Janice is there. Uh, Mike is through round one in Pro Modified, so he's on to round two. That's the last update I saw on his progression. Also, Dan Fletcher from Churchville, of course, out near Rochester, still in pursuit of his 100th national event win. And uh, he has been going strong in uh, Stock Eliminator, I believe it was. Uh, he is still in contention there through uh, their most recent round of eliminations uh, through the fifth round, I believe. And I'm trying to quickly pull this up. And, uh, nope, I got that wrong. But he is. I think he is still in contention in one of the classes he's competing in this weekend. So he still has a shot to uh, get that 100th national event win. We've had uh, Dan here on the show in the past, and his sons still race uh, locally at at, Nan at Lancaster and New York International from time to time when they're not uh, on the road with their dad on the uh, national events circuit. But uh, 
Uh, he is he's looking to join that elusive 100 win club with uh, John Force and Frank Manzo and, and just a couple of their people that were able to amass that many wins in their NHRA career. So he is uh, looking to do that as well this weekend. Uh, in Gainesville for the uh, Gator Nationals. So unfortunately not able to talk to Brandon, um, but just want to give you the heads up. Uh, top qualifiers, uh, Tony Schumacher was top qualifier in top fuel. John Force actually got top qualifier in funny car. And of course, we mentioned this last week, he and Robert Height, his teammate, uh, they flipped crews completely. Literally, they just took the, the haulers and put new graphics on the side of the haulers uh, because John Force got everything that used to belong to Robert Height. And Height got everything that used to belong to John Force, from parts and crew chiefs and everything. They just swapped crews during this uh, bit of a couple off weeks for NHRA. So they're debuting those n- new crew uh, lineups this weekend. And so far it's paid off for Force as uh, he took uh, top qualifiers and uh, set a, uh, tra- a track record, 383, at 333 miles an hour uh, for the 16-time champion. Uh, Jason Line, top qualifier in pro stock. He and his teammate Craig Anderson, uh, they have... Uh, they have been dominant pro stock over the last couple of seasons in their summit cars, and they are off. Both drivers have one win already this season, and he is the top qualifier there. And uh, in uh, pro stock motorcycle, and I just had it in front of me. Where did it go? Uh, J- Jerry Savoy is a top qualifier in pro stock motorcycle. So that'll be on uh, Fox Sports later today. Uh, 803-0550, since we couldn't get Brandon here on the phone lines, phone lines are open for you. Uh, drag racing, stock car racing, anything you want to talk about, uh, 803-0551, 888-550-2550. I guess this gives us a chance to look at our uh, Fast Track Fantasy League point standings through three weeks. And uh, I'm not doing so hot, as always. I am, uh, what are we, overall, I am 19th. And actually, Paul is, is Paul, Paul Hamilton's ahead of me, unfortunately. He is 15th overall through three races. But uh, Gary W., he is our top in Fast Track Fantasy points. He was the one that kind of blew everybody's doors off at Daytona. He won by 70 points, and he has maintained that lead. Although uh, Team You Ain't First, You're Last, owned by Keith, uh, he is second, just 20 points behind Gary. And then Melissa L. is third. Crazy Canuck is fourth. And the Barefooted Wonder are our top five in uh, Fast Track Fantasy points through three races. I am a, I'm in a, a bit of a quandary trying to set my lineup. I just... I have two options here because, you know, with the salary cap and how much you can use on drivers. I'm going with uh, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, Dale Jr., Brad Keselowski. They're all starting in the top ten today. But then with the amount of money I have left under my salary cap today, I've got Kevin Harvick, who's the most expensive driver on the game right now. But he starts 23rd today, whereas Joey Logano, who is equal in cost, is starting on the pull. But I'm going with Harvick on my lineup. Uh, basically for two reasons. One, of course, Harvick's track record at Phoenix, uh, although Logano's the most recent winner. But also I'm trying to hope, hoping he comes away with at least a top five finish because of the bonus points you get for the improvement on their starting position with the game we use on FoxSports.com. You earn points not only based on a driver's finish, but also how many point uh, positions they gain or lose from their initial starting position. So if you get a guy that starts deep in the field and finishes, you know, top five, you can gain a lot of points that way. So that's what I'm hoping here. So that's why I'm going to stick with Harvick over uh, Logano today. Uh, the rest of my lineup, though, as I said, all starts in the top ten. So hopefully they stay up there so I don't lose any points. If they, you know, Hopefully they don't get into any kind of incident today and get knocked back uh, deeper in the field. And uh, so hopefully I can get back ahead of Paul in the, the, our Fast Track Fantasy League. Don't want to fall too far behind uh, this early in the season. So... Uh, we're only we're 19th out of like 60. We had a great great turnout for the league this year, by the way. Uh, 
So hopefully we stay in that top third here throughout most of the season. And more importantly, uh, stay ahead of Paul Hamilton. Uh, 803-0551-888-550-2550. As, again, uh, open phones here right now as I uh, had a little trouble set, getting our guest uh, in touch with our guest here this morning as uh, he probably can't hear his phone over the roar of the Nitro Funny Cars at the Gator Nationals at Gainesville. Uh, we get back here. We'll close out uh, this week's edition of the show, but we can still have time to take your phone calls if you want to get in during the break. You are more than welcome to. And uh, we'll talk. Uh, we'll recap the IndyCar race from last weekend. Also, the first uh, actual modified race. Well, not the first race of the year because they raced down at New Smyrna, but the first NASCAR modified race of the season uh, happened yesterday. We'll talk about that. And, again, still time for your phone calls to 803-0551-888-550-2550 as we wrap up Fast Track here on WGR. Hey, race fans, it's Dave Buchanan from my friends over at Batavia Downs. Batavia Downs Gaming is the area's premier entertainment destination, and the place is just awesome. You go there, they've got the hotel now. Uh, they've renovated the building over the last couple of years. It is just a ton of fun to go to Batavia Downs. And March is Leprechaun Loot Month at Batavia Downs Gaming and Hotel. Nightly drawings for $250 cash with guaranteed payouts of $5,000 or more on Saturdays. Car drawings coming up this Saturday. They're going to have car drawings from Castellone Chrysler Deep Dodge Jeep of Batavia. That's this coming Saturday, March 25th. Plus, you can win a cruise and see the Zach Brown Tribute Band on March 31st. Check out the website or Facebook for more details on that. And discover why Batavia Downs Gaming is the area's premier entertainment destination with over 800 of the hottest in-demand video gaming machines. Lots of great new titles with new ones regularly added. And you, of course, now can make it a night to remember by visiting one of their great restaurants and stay the night at their hotel, too. And you can also, of course, wager on live harness racing. And you can also check out 34 Rush, Thurman Thomas' Sports Bar, uh, and uh, College Hoops, racing, hockey. Uh, they've got it on all those HDTVs they have there inside 34 Rush. Great way to watch some sports and wager on some horse racing as well. They're open every day, 8 a.m. until 4 a.m., and you can find them right off the three exit 48. For more information, be sure to follow Batavia Downs Gaming on Facebook and Twitter for updated information and discover why Batavia Downs Gaming is the area's premier entertainment destination. And tell them you heard about them right here on Fast Track. Hey, this is Joey Logano, driver number 22, Shell Penzo Ford. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. Thank you, Mr. Pole Sitter. Joey Logano will lead the field today uh, at Phoenix. Uh, one final drag race, you know, we said that crew swap how well it's going for John Forrest. He qualified number one. Well, Robert Hyde, it's going pretty good for him, too. Uh, first round of eliminations at the Gator Nationals, and he sets low ET for the event, 382 at 334 miles an hour as he eliminated Bob Tasca in round one of eliminations. So uh, things looking pretty good so far for G uh, John Forrest racing at uh, the Gator Nationals. Uh, IndyCar opened their season last weekend. Of course, we talked about it uh, last weekend uh, on the program. And Sebastian Bourdais, who started dead last, won the race last weekend at, at St. Petersburg. Uh, thanks to a little bit of pit strategy and uh, the, some caution flags coming out their right way, Bourdais kind of dominated the second half of the event and won the race quite handily, actually, uh, to open up the year, give Dale Coyne another win. So uh, Bourdais got the win. Simon Pagano, the defending champion, finished second. Scott Dixon was third. Ryan hunter was fourth. Takuma Sato rounded out the top five. Then it was uh, Castro Neves, Marco Andretti, Joseph Newgarden in his Penske debut, James Hinchcliffe, and rookie uh, Ed Jones round out the top ten at St. Petersburg. So uh, now IndyCar will be off for a couple weeks. They're back in action uh, the first weekend of April, uh, April 9th for the the traditional uh, long the Grand Prix of Long Beach over there in California. That'll be the next event uh, for the uh, IndyCar series. Uh, the NASCAR Modified Tour opened the uh, season yesterday at Myrtle Beach. The new look NASCAR Modified Tour 
uh, NASCAR after last season uh, put the uh, put down the Southern Modified Tour Series, which was struggling for cars. Uh, they were way down uh, down to like almost 12, 14 cars for some of the events last year. So NASCAR uh, folded that, and uh, some of the southern tracks were added to the traditional Wayland Modified Tour, including Myrtle Beach, where the season opened up yesterday. Of course, they always uh, usually begin the season with uh, the icebreaker at Thompson and then uh, the, the spring sizzler at Stafford. Those are still on the schedule, but the Myrtle Beach race will actually wound up being the first race of the year. Uh, Timmy Solomito got the win over Rob Summers, uh, Andy Sice, Ryan Priest, Max Zackham rounded out the top five. Uh, the race was streamed online, actually, on fanschoice.tv, so got to watch it. The end of it was pretty ugly. A couple of late-race multi-car accidents uh, took out a lot of the front runners, including Matt Hirschman. He was involved in one of those uh, late in the race. Matt was having a pretty decent day, m- making uh, one of his few off-starts with the NASCAR circuit. And... Um, uh, but uh, Solomito came on strong late to take out, uh, beat Summers for the win. Summers had started on the pole and dominated most of the event, but uh, Solomito gets the win. So up next uh, for the uh, NASCAR Modified Tour is the Icebreaker Thompson, then they go to Sta- uh, Stafford. Then they go to Langley Speedway in Virginia. That's one of the southern dates. Uh, also, um, they will go to, they'll run a non-points event at Charlotte later this year. And, of course, Bristol stays on the schedule, so that's kind of the southern dates, but now they're part of the whole NASCAR-modified tour schedule. They still, of course, have dates at New Hampshire. They'll be back at Oswego Labor Day weekend, um, so we'll uh, we'll keep tabs on that. And, uh, of course, last year we had uh, Justin Bonsignor on the program, and uh, we'll continue to follow the NASCAR Modifieds. And, uh, of course, we get closer and closer to, to local racing here in western New York. If you need to see race cars in person somehow, I, I recommend uh, heading out to the outlet mall in Niagara Falls. This coming weekend, Ransomville Speedway has their car show. So they'll have some uh, race cars on display at the outlet mall this coming weekend. Um, I know uh, Holland has their mall shows coming up as well a little bit later on this spring. And, and even some tracks, uh, some other parts of the state and uh, into Pennsylvania have already gotten their season started. A lot of them got canceled this weekend because of the, the snow storm but uh we're drawing closer and closer march is almost done and as soon as april rolls around that means we'll just be a few weeks away from racing starting here in western new york and southern ontario that'll do it for me college hoops up next we'll talk to you next sunday here on wgr sports radio 550 Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.